Welcome to Healing Your Families. This month, we've been talking about emotions and emotional intelligence. While it was once thought that a person's IQ or cognitive intelligence was the strongest predictor of future success in life, we've now learned that it's our ability to handle our emotions, if we're able to use our emotions to help us reach our goals. I want to put it all together, review everything we've gone over this past month, and put it in the context of parenting. So I want to ask the question, how will emotional intelligence help me be an even better parent? Let's review quickly just what emotional intelligence is. And this is a summary of what Daniel Goleman describes in his book by the same name, Emotional Intelligence. And he talks about it as that ability to identify your own emotions and to accept them and learn from them. Too often there are emotions that we don't want to admit we're having like insecurity or jealousy. And we may try to deny it or stuff it down. But when we're able to recognize and admit, yes, I am feeling insecure. And use that emotion appropriately. And then our ability to understand how other people are feeling and respond in the right way, in a helpful way to them. And... And this, of course, helps how we get along with others. It helps improve our relationships when we're able to manage our emotions in this way. And, of course, this is something valuable we want to teach our children. Who wouldn't want their child to have this quality that is the strongest predictor of getting into the college or university of their choice? of having a successful career and a successful personal life. Also, finding success professionally and personally. Who wouldn't want that for their children? So in his decades of researching this, he helped to write some programs that could be used in schools to help teach children how to recognize their emotions, how to regulate them, how to manage them. But this is what he found is the most effective in helping children be successful. And this is a quote from his book. There are hundreds of studies showing that how parents treat their children, whether with harsh dis discipline or empathetic understanding with indifference or warmth and so on has deep and lasting consequences for the child's emotional life. Only recently though, have there been hard data showing that having emotionally intelligent parents is itself of enormous benefit to a child, close quote. Think about what that would mean. The most effective teacher for your child is your example. 
So if they are growing up in a home where parents are modeling this, they're showing how emotions can be used to help us move forward. That alone is the most power, has the most powerful impact on them. You know, children, your children are watching you. They do what you do. And being raised, you can see how having, developing this emotional intelligence is a huge blessing for your children. And that sounds easy. All you have to do is become emotionally intelligent. But how do you do it? You know, those, those emotions can feel like they take over our lives. We can start to feel like we're being run by them. Well, my, the first guest was Jessica Harper, and she shared five components of emotional intelligence. And if we develop each of these components, we're well on our way. So let's go over them one by one. The first one is self-awareness. We need to be aware of our own emotions. We need to be able to identify them and accept them. Some emotions like anger can be secondary emotions. There's usually something underlying something underneath like insecurity, jealousy, fear, frustration. And if we try to deny that emotion or resist it, it intensifies it. It doesn't help, it makes it worse. It's only when we're able to accept it and say, yes, I am frustrated that we're able to learn from the emotion. We learned emotions are neither good nor bad. They're energy in motion. And we can harness that energy just as we do with energy to run electricity in our homes. So let's use the example of bedtime. In many families, that is a really stressful time. There is a nightly bedtime battle of parents telling the children it's time to go to bed, children who don't want to go to bed are coming up with every resistance they can think of. So we sometimes parents find they are using parenting techniques they promised themselves they never would because they're so angry, so frustrated. And if they're able to recognize, okay, this is upsetting me because I'm feeling frustration that I'm not going to be able to enjoy the quiet evening I had hoped to have. And I know my child is going to be too tired tomorrow morning to get up and get ready for school. And it's going to be another fight then. We begin by recognizing our emotion and saying, okay, so knowing that I can't control my child, the only person I can control is myself, but I can control the setting, the situation, the environment, starting with that is huge. <laughs> so we start with self-awareness.
And that naturally leads to self-regulation. We learn how to manage that, that powerful energy of the emotion so that we don't hurt ourselves or anyone else. Now, I want to share with you a technique that seems so simple you may wonder, will it really work? But I've heard this recommended in several different settings. And one of which is for people whose, for them, remaining calm is a matter of life or death. And this would be police officers, soldiers in a battle zone that need to be able to keep themselves calm no matter what, how stressful the situation is. And this technique is simply to breathe. Deeply, as deeply as you can, deep breathing signals the central nervous system that it's time to relax. We have our sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight, which is very handy when we're in danger and we need to act quickly, but we couldn't stay in this state all the time. That would just really be too exhausting. Then there's the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest. And this is ideally where we should spend most of our time. This is where we do our best thinking. We make our, we do our best parenting when we're in our parasympathetic. Well, the deep breathing, especially when the exhale is a little longer than the inhale, moves us from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic. It activates the vagus nerve. You may have heard about that. The deep breathing also increases our focus. It improves our mood by releasing endorphins. And it releases the toxins in our body. It's powerful. I once talked to a young mother who'd taken a hypnobirthing class. <clears throat> and she was learning techniques to help her remain calm during childbirth. And one that she learned is called calm breathing. And she was taught to breathe into the count of four and exhale to the count of eight. Well, one day before her baby was born, she was rear-ended by a truck in traffic. And she, she began to feel herself having a panic attack. She was just becoming so terrified of her, you know, she had her young children in the back seat. She was really struggling with her emotions. And then she remembered the calm breathing technique and she started doing that. She would inhale to the count of four Exhale to the count of eight. And she was able to calm herself down and, and deal with the situation. Talk to the police officer, get the paperwork filled out. She found she was okay. She was able to manage that emotion, even in that extremely stressful situation. So it's bedtime. Your child has gotten out of bed for the fifth time. <laughs> it's well past bedtime. You are feeling that adrenaline rush. You are ready to just tear into this child and give them the scolding of their life. 
and you're in your sympathetic nervous system. You recognize that. And instead of doing that immediate reaction to your child's behavior, you take some time to do some deep breathing. Move into your parasympathetic. And then you can come up with a much more effective response. You may even begin to realize that there may be some planning and preparation that needs to take place. So <laughs> you're becoming aware of your emotions. You're learning to regulate them. And then you also use that emotion, that energy and motion to motivate you. You need to understand what motivates you. So in motivation, we want to begin by focusing on your goals, your long-term perspective, the relate your relationship with your children. What is it that you want? Because what you focus on expands. Now, if you haven't already, I invite you to write down your goals. And in the example of bedtime, think about what do you want bedtime to be like? Again, now goals need to be written based on what you can control and you can't control other people, only the setting, the situation. You might start thinking about what you want it to be like. You want a nice, peaceful bedtime. You want them uh, a period of time that everyone is happy and cheerful and there you bring closure to the day and children go off to bed happy. And when you focus on that goal, that desired outcome, you head towards it. It's what you focus on expands. It's you, you tend to find what you're looking for. If you're going into bedtime thinking it's going to be a hassle, they're going to fight, they're going to kick, they're going to scream, it's not going to help. Focus on that desired outcome. It's like plowing the field. You know, a young boy is plowing the field for the first time. His father's told him, you've got to make a straight furrow for the the planting, he's got his head down and he's doing his best. But when he gets to the other end, he turns around and looks and that line is anything but straight. Well, his father's watching him and he says, son, don't look at the ground, pick a point at the opposite end of the field and keep your eye on that. And that's how you plow a straight furrow. And it's the same thing with our goals. Keep your eye on that desired outcome. Use the energy from your emotions. You know what you want. And now you're going to find out how to make that happen. You're going to need to start thinking, what will it take? Here's This is the kind of atmosphere I want in my home at bedtime. What will it take to get there? What kind of a bedtime routine do we need? What added structure? And you move towards that desired outcome. So we have the first three components. You're aware of your emotions. You're regulating them. You understand what motivates you and helps you move forward towards the life you want. 
The fourth component is empathy. Developing that ability to understand how another person feels, to put yourself in their shoes and to think, what would, how would I feel if I were them? Now, I love this photo of father and son. Notice that dad is sitting down, so he's more on eye level with his son. And he's calm. He's completely calm. He's explaining something to his son. There's eye contact. You can tell that there's some effective communication going on here. Well, right now the dad is talking, but I am quite sure that before this, he was listening. Because the most important step in developing empathy is listening. He probably, maybe he asked some clarifying questions. He wanted to understand what his son is feeling. What are his challenges? And, and then once he understood the son, now he's explaining. Maybe he's explaining this is what needs to happen next. Now, applying this to our, our bedtime example, it would be taking some time to understand how do your children feel about bedtime? Are they feeling like they didn't get enough of your time? Are they afraid of missing out? Something exciting is going to happen. Are they afraid of the dark? Do you need to deal with monsters under the bed? Do they need a nightlight? Do they need more one-on-one -on -one time with you during the day? Did Was their nap too late in the day? understanding how they feel and involve them as you establish this bedtime routine that helps keep that time of day peaceful, calm, brings closure to the day so everyone's going off to bed feeling happy and satisfied. As you're establishing that routine, you're getting their input, you're understanding their needs, you're using empathy. So we have these four and the empathy naturally leads into social skills. It's how we interact with each other. Your children will learn a lot about relationships and interacting within the home. They're listening to the words you use, the tone of voice you use. They're watching to see how people treat each other. Are they seeing people that are being kind and courteous? Do they see people helping each other, saying encouraging things? Is there an atmosphere of cooperation and love in the home? This is the key place where they are learning their social skills, but it goes beyond there. They're also carefully observing your social skills outside of the family. When you come home from work, is there a coworker you're always complaining about? They're watching to see how do you resolve conflict when you have a disagreement or feel like you've been treated unfairly? How do you handle it? You're modeling that for your children. You're preparing them for when they go out in the world and they start interacting with their peers and learning to share material, learning to be part of a team and complete an assignment together. 
learning to fit in. So everyone has a turn. And then of course, there's the setting of the extended family. What social skills are they learning there? So some things to think about are how can you improve your interactions with your children, with, within the family, with your extended family members? How can your children interact with their siblings in a more positive way? And how does having a good night's rest affect their interactions with peers the next day? That might make a very interesting family conversation when you talk about how do you feel the day after a night when you didn't get enough sleep as compared to a day when you did get enough sleep. So here are our five components. And you may have already mastered all five of them. But as you become more aware of and honest about your emotions, not fearing them, not denying them, not fighting them, but just admitting, I am human, I have emotions, and I can use this energy, I can learn from this. Sadness teaches us more about ourselves. Don't ever shy away from sadness. It helps you understand yourself better. It helps you learn what needs to change in your life, what changes need to be made. And then, of course, we regulate them. Viktor Frankl talked about that space between stimulus and response. Use that deep breathing so you can choose your response. Choose a response that moves you towards the family life that you desire. Use that energy from your emotion as, as motivation and learn to understand. Put yourself in the other person's place. Develop that empathy and that will improve your social skills. Now, I invite you to go to my website and learn more about my Healing Families Coaching Program. I, we talk more about emotional intelligence. We, that, we go into that much more deeply there. And in this program, I begin with an assessment to evaluate. And I have every member of the family take it. And we're evaluating what's going well and what areas need improvement. And then we set goals based on that. So we have point A, where the family is now, what's going well, what areas need improvement, and then point B, what do they want? What kind of family life do they want? Then I provide the coaching, the tools, the accountability to move from point A to point B, just like a GPS. And check that out. I also invite you at the very front page of my website, you can get my ebook, Power Parents. Sign up for a complimentary discovery call. No obligation. We can talk about your concerns, any questions you have. And that ebook will be sent to you. 
So my website is healingyourfamilies.com. And I would love your feedback. What are your greatest challenges? Bedtime isn't always the greatest challenge for families. For some families, it might be meal times or electronic devices or clutter in the living room. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me through my website. So next month, we're moving into the topic of communication. Join me next week at the same time. And until then, love yourself, love your families. Let's make the world a better place by strengthening families. I'm Emma Lou Penrod with healingyourfamilies.com.